Thank you so much. Um, it's so great to be back. It, uh, it's nice to go and worship in other places, but it's always nice to come home. I'm not really sure where to begin when I talk about my time in Lebanon, because Lebanon was incredibly stretching for me, uh, physically, emotionally, but most of all, it was very stretching spiritually. First of all, I should explain why I was even there in the first place. So CBM, Canadian Baptist Ministries, has a yearly scholarship that's available to seminary students uh, that are at the Baptist seminaries across Canada. I applied and was granted one of these scholarships along with six other students, one from Alberta, one from Saskatchewan, there were two, including myself, from Ontario, one from Nova Scotia, and two from New Brunswick. This wasn't necessarily a mission trip uh, per se. Rather, it was an experience for us to go to a conference called the Middle East Consultation. This year's theme was titled Thinking Biblically About Islam and the Quran." And we were also there to hear about and experience what God is doing in the Middle East. So this wasn't so much of a mission, rather it was a learning experience. Praxis is part of my degree at McMaster, and so it is one of my courses, and I am in the process now of writing a paper about some of what I'm going to talk about today. I chose to apply for Praxis because it fits really well with my role here at Queen Street as an outreach director, but more than that, it really filled a need that I wanted to understand what life was like for Christ followers who live elsewhere and follow Jesus. I want to know how to be a Christ follower and share Jesus with people without necessarily imposing my own cultural understanding of who God is. We all know and experience God within our culture. And so it's important that we meet and understand the experiences of others from around the world so that we can know and understand what God is like in a more full and robust way because we each get to know God in such a personal way. So I will say this about Lebanon. Lebanon was incredibly amazing for one part of my spiritual life in particular, and that was prayer, and for one reason alone, and that was the driving. It was like nothing I had ever seen before or experienced before. There was special honking. There was merging, even though there was no room to merge. And everyone just kind of drove along in this organized chaos. I will never, ever complain about Canadian drivers again. However, this I will say, the drivers in Lebanon have incredible spatial awareness because I did not see one accident on the road in all of the time that I was there. Where we have two lanes of driving on the highway, we would have just two lanes of cars. In Lebanon, they would have four and maybe five, 
And in addition to that, you would have the motorcycles that would be weaving in and out of traffic with two or three, maybe sometimes even four people on that one motorcycle. It was nerve-wracking, to say the least. If you're a timid driver, Lebanon is not the place for you. You need to be assertive and just go. So we gave regular hats off to our drivers, our bus drivers, because they kept us safe and we arrived in one piece no matter where we were headed. The day that we arrived, we had, the day after we arrived, we had a cultural day, which really meant we got to play tourist. And it was a wonderful way to begin. We drove up and into the mountains, into one of the reservation areas that preserves the cedars of Lebanon. And this was an amazing experience because these were some of the very same cedars that were spoken about in the Bible. The air was incredibly fresh as we walked through the forest. It was an overcast day and the mist hung very thick in the air. And apparently there was a beautiful view of the sea that we were missing, but none of us really seemed to mind because we really felt the presence of God in that place. As we walked among the ancient trees, I was reminded again that God is with us through the ages. It allowed me to center myself, especially after a very long day of travel, to prepare me for what would be a very long and intensive week, and I had no idea just how long it would be. On Sunday, we woke up early, and we had the opportunity to travel to the northern part of Lebanon, where we worshipped with a lovely group of Lebanese believers. We arrived in time to see what Sunday school looks like for the children there. And we were blessed to hear this group of children sing these songs with such enthusiasm that I have never seen before. After Sunday school, we toured the building, which was in the state of renovation, which really made me feel like I was at home because of our own renovations here. Uh, But it was great to see that they were making their space more accommodating for people and more welcoming. For the worship service, it was great to worship with them as they sang over us. And if we thought that the kids were enthusiastic singers, well, we know where they learned it from because they learned it from the adults that, that were worshiping there. It was so fun to experience that and to have them sing over us. After church, we met with three people who shared with us about their ministry to the Kurdish refugees in the region. That team of three people services 60 families, which means that is roughly about 400 to 450 people for just these three people. They provide for their practical needs through food vouchers and food boxes, for their spiritual needs through services and visits to their homes, They also have school-type programs for children. They don't have... Refugee children aren't able to attend the Lebanese schools, so they provide an alternative education program for them. And so that this was what these people were heading up and helping. 
It is, of course, politically charged there, but God is revealing himself to all kinds of people, and it is through these amazing acts of service that the Lebanese people are showing the tangible love of Christ. For this particular team, their reaching out was even more amazing. For the one man, he served in the army during the Civil War in, in Lebanon, And when he was serving, he heard that his family, his sister and her family, were in danger. And so he rushed there to their aid. But unfortunately, he was too late. They had all been killed. Today, he serves those same people who had slaughtered his family. And he doesn't consider them his enemies. Rather, today, he loves them and serves them. He could have turned his back and easily said, no way, I'm not going to do it. Instead, he chose to follow Jesus' example and his teachings and to show love to those who persecuted him. This idea of, of helping those and loving those who persecute you became even more evident as we started our week at the Middle East consultation. The Mech consultation was in its own right, its own experience. It was a jam-packed week full of lots of teaching. We would have breakfast at around 8 o'clock, and the day would start at 9 with devotions and worship. And then that was connected to the day's theme. Each day had a different theme. We listened to various scholars present the most recent and cutting-edge research in biblical scholarship in relation to Islam on the themes of Muhammad, the Quran, salvation, and the spiritual dynamics surrounding all of those things. These top scholars connected with the Institute of Middle East Studies gathered and shared their papers with us each day. There was also a case study that was provided for us where we were given a scenario that might happen in the context of reaching out to Muslims where we were able to discuss in small groups what we would do, and how we would respond to these situations. We also broke into roundtable discussions to talk about what each of these scholars had presented each day and provided a space for us to talk about what we had heard and digest and and wrestle with some of what we heard because there was a very wide range of from very conservative to very liberal perspectives that were offered to us. And then afterwards, we would come again together as a group, and all the scholars of that day would sit on stage for a panel discussion where we could ask questions of them, and the scholars would ask questions of each other. It was really fascinating and intellectually stimulating. The consultation days would end at around 8 o'clock for supper, and then afterwards, as a praxis team, we would meet again at 9 and then digest it all over again to talk about what we had heard and what that all meant for our contexts here in North America and how we could use those concepts to reach people in our own neighborhoods and contexts. From all of the scholars, there's so much that I would like to share, but really it's Martin Akkad's work that I would like to share with you the most. And it's something that he calls the CCAP scale, and in particular, the charismatic approach that I'd like to share with you. 
So this spectrum of ways are ways that we can interact with someone who that we would deem different than us. So for this conference, it would be in our interactions with people who are Muslim, but in our own context, that could also mean our interactions with immigrants, with refugees, and with our indigenous cultures and peoples here. So if we start off on the opposite ends of the spectrum, you have those who find so much likeness that you don't appreciate the differences and you lose the importance of culture because really everyone is all lumped in into one. And this is the synchronistic view or approach. On the other end, you have the polemic, which is you look at all of the differences, and in both of these polar ends of, of the spectrum, really you end up with these walls that are built because you can't move into relationship with people when you are so much alike that there's no differences, or on the other end, that you're totally different, that you're reaching this point of friction. Moving in closer, you're finding ways that you can either intellectually debate through apologetics, or on the other end, you find ways to coexist together, and you find the areas where you agree, but there's this kind of camaraderie, but again, it's not a true relationship. It's not where you would find the most impact from your relationship. And so this is where you meet, in the middle, in the charismatic approach, which is really the proclamation of who Jesus is. You recognize and appreciate your differences. You listen to each other. You learn from one another, realizing that each of you have something to offer each other's views. As Christians, when we are in this relationship, and it's not about the religion of Christianity that you share, but rather it is The charismatic is how we orient ourselves when we are in relationship with other people. So Martin Akkad would say something along the lines of this. Your view of Islam affects your attitude towards the Muslim person. Your attitude will inform your approach and how you interact with that person. And how, and that would in turn, um, sorry, I'm going to start that again. So, your view of Islam affects your attitude towards the Muslim person. Your attitude informs your approach to relationships with the Muslim person, which has a direct impact on the outcome of that relationship. We had read for us today the story of the Good Samaritan, where there is someone beat up and broken and left on the side of the road, and all these people walk by, carrying on with their days. I'm sure that each of them had a valid reason. But the truth is, when we seek to serve another person, 
there will always be a valid excuse not to. But we are called and asked to reach out when Jesus says, go and do likewise, to show mercy to those who are different and separate from us. The Lebanese people, Christian and Muslim alike, had every valid reason not to help the Syrian refugees who crossed the mountain and came into their country. There are over one million refugees in Lebanon today, and it's cost the people of Lebanon greatly. It's a strain on all of their resources. But instead of being, of having the excuse, they have chosen to serve the refugees. The Lebanese people were oppressed by Syrian occupation. They struggled to survive, and many actually didn't survive the occupation. And yet when Syria had their conflict and the Syrians fled to Lebanon, the church graciously responded to the Syrians, and they are showing mercy to them, to their neighbors. They are bandaging up their wounds, serving them, and showing them great compassion. And there are so many inspiring stories. One of those stories were shared with us on our visit to True Vine Baptist Church. And this church is, is located in Zale. The origins of this church are really spectacular because it started because a group of seven gang members had questions about God. And so the pastor traveled from Beirut to Zaleh to answer their questions, and this interaction lasted for about six hours. From there, the church has grown into a church that is having tremendous impact with the refugees. This church helps around three or around 30,000 refugees a month. They have a school that serves refugee children. They provide practical job training for women. They run medical clinics. They have community centers. They started small by providing food boxes to the refugees. And now they serve so many people and have ongoing wait lists And you can imagine, with one million refugees, 30,000 really is just a drop in the hat. But there is so much hope in the region. God is moving among them. Jesus is revealing himself in dreams and visions. They keep their baptismal tank full week after week, because every other week they have baptisms because there are more and more new believers in the region. It's really incredible. One organization that is really helping these efforts is the Lebanese Society for Education and Social Development, or LSESD. Through this company, there are at least six different initiatives. There is the Arab Baptist Theological Seminary, There is also a publishing company that provides Christian literature in the Arabic language. There is the Baptist Children and Youth Ministry that provides camps and events for children and youth 
and this includes the refugee children. They have an initiative that provides relief and and development programs for displaced and vulnerable families through the Middle East. They have an initiative that supports children with disabilities and provides training for schools and families. And finally, they have the Beirut Baptist School, which provides education based on Christian values to children ages 3 to 18. And the neat part of this is that 90% of the students who attend Beirut Baptist School are actually Muslim. One of the things that I was looking forward to most about my trip was the graduation ceremony for the students of ABTS. Most of these men and women are going back to their home countries and are likely facing persecution and difficulties, and all for one reason. They want to share Jesus with the people around them from all walks of life. Many of these students had to travel to Lebanon to get an education because of their backgrounds. ABTS is the only place that a student from a Muslim background are permitted to study Christian theology. The dedication and courage that these leaders have is truly inspiring, humbling, and really a bit convicting as well. As I journey through my own seminary experience, and I think about my role here at Queen Street, the thought runs through my mind of what persecution and difficulties will I have in this context. And the reality is, I won't have any. But I can stand with my brothers and sisters from across the world who are, and I can pray for them and be a source of encouragement for them. We ended our trip much like the beginning, as a cultural day. We drove to Tyre, which which of course is a biblical city, and unfortunately we weren't able to visit any of the ruins that day, but we did spend an afternoon on the beach. While this doesn't sound particularly missional or educational, I can tell you that our team benefited from the warm sun, the Mediterranean Sea, and the amazing hospitality from our Lebanese hosts. So what can we do as a church here in North America? Well, first and foremost, we can pray. The people that I spoke with throughout my time in Lebanon, they don't want prayers for safety. They don't want the persecution to end. They want prayers that more people will come to Jesus. They want prayers that they would stand in the face of adversity with the truth and saving salvation of who Jesus is. We can also think about sending a team over to help with one of the camps that they run throughout the year for refugee children. We can partner with CBM partners in the Middle East and North Africa region They have a few. There's Joe and Alexa and Alexi Breedy, Imad and Elmas Batros, and Eli and Mireille Haddad. We can commit to pray for them, or we can support them financially. And here in Canada, we can love our Muslim neighbors here in St. Catharines, and we can reach out to them and become their friends. 
If you'd like to hear even more about my trip, there will be an opportunity uh, at the Lunch Bunch. I've been invited to share in, at some point in the fall. I'll have pictures to show and more detailed stories to tell. I'd love to see you there and be able to share even more with you about my trip. It's been a lot to process, but if I leave you with anything, I want to leave you with this. That God is moving in a mighty way in the MENA region, the Middle East and North Africa region. And that the Holy Spirit is doing something spectacular. And that we can be a part of that as well. I encourage you not to listen to the media because the media is only one biased opinion. If you can, speak to people who are on the ground because it is amazing to hear what's happening. And I would love personally to bring a team of you to Lebanon and so that you can see firsthand what that is. So I would like to close in prayer. God of truth and love, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, hear our prayer for those who do not know you. We ask that they may come to a saving knowledge of the truth and that your name may be praised among all peoples of the world. Sustain, inspire, and enlighten your service who bring them, your servants who bring them the gospel. Bring fresh vigor to wavering faith. Sustain our faith when it is fragile. Continually renew missionary zeal in ourselves and in the church. Raise up new missionaries who will follow you to the ends of the world. Make us witnesses to your goodness, full of love, strength, and faith, for your glory and the salvation of the entire world. Amen.